This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. What the hell are we waiting on? Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Do you want it or not? Rick Gosselin. Do you understand there's a price to pay? And Clark Judge. Can we have fun? You're damn right. I demand that we have fun. Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO. Just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more. Car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. You know something? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Welcome back to our number two of the Talk of Fame Network. And as promised, we have Tony Dungy here with us. And Tony was our very first guest on the Talk of Fame Network way back in the fall of 2014. And since then, well... Like us, he's been busy. He's been authoring another best-selling book and inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And as most of you know, Tony, of course, coached Tampa Bay and Indianapolis, winning a Super Bowl as head coach of the Colts. And he now provides studio commentary for NBC on Football Night in America. We wanted his take on Super Bowl 51 and on this year's finalists for the Hall's class of 2017. So we've asked him back for, I think, guys, a record-breaking fourth Four time. Fourth time. Hey, Tony, congratulations on yet another accomplishment. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I'm always excited to be back with you guys. Uh, I think that's a good sign when they invite you back. That, that's usually pretty good. So I'm, I'm happy. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Tony, let's start with the game. You, you had your share of high-profile matchups with Tom Brady during your coaching career at the Colts. What tip would you give Atlanta defensive coaches about Brady? Well, first of all, there, there's a couple of things. Number one, all the tape that you've watched and the games that you've played against them before, you can almost throw those out the window. You're going to get some type of different game plan, some type of different attack. I saw where the Pittsburgh players said they were a little taken by surprise by the no-huddle. There's always going to be something like that. The team that you saw last week and what they did probably won't be the group that you see uh, in the Super Bowl. And then the second piece of advice I would give them is some way, somehow, you've got to figure out a way to get pressure up the middle. Uh, we had outside pass rushers, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis. That doesn't seem to bother Brady. The pressure that you get inside, in his face, in those short drops, that's important. Romeo Cornell had the right idea. You saw him with Houston, take Whitney Merciless, put him inside, rush him over the center, Clowney over the center, getting up inside. That's what you have to do. It's easier said than done, though. You're also former NFL defensive back, of course, and secondary coach, Tony. And uh, what tip would you give? Uh, not that you necessarily want to give New England's coaches any tips, but if you do, uh, <laughs> how do you how do you cover Julio Jones? What, what do they need to do? to keep him at least under control. Well, he's been dominant, but I, I'll tell you what, Bill Belichick has a knack for taking away the, the best weapon from the other team. And no, no doubt they're going to try to do that. I'm not sure if it's going to be Malcolm Butler. I don't think it'll be Malcolm Butler by himself. Julio is just too big and strong. Even when he's covered, they throw the ball to him, and he makes great catches. So you're going to see a number of things. You're going to see Butler playing him underneath with help over the top. You're going to see double coverages from safety. They might even take Butler and put him on Sanu or put him on one of the other receivers, let Logan Ryan and a, a couple of other people take Julio Jones and, and just – force the ball to go away from him. But that's the thing that, that Belichick will do well. I would not be surprised even to see maybe six and seven defensive backs, things like that, where they just dare them to run the football, try to slow the game down, kind of like they did in the, the Super Bowl against the Rams. So you're going to see a lot of different things. There's not any one way that you can defend Julio Jones. We're speaking with Hall of Fame coach, NBC analyst, and longtime friend, 
Tony Dungy on the Talk of Fame Network. And you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at Talk of Fame Net. And Tony, this is Bill Belichick's seventh Super Bowl, of course, but it's the first for Atlanta's Dan Quinn. Uh, you won your Super Bowl head coaching debut with the Colts in 2006. So what advice would you give Dan Quinn or a first-time coach going into the Super Bowl? Well, I'll tell you, Clark, I did a lot of research, and I was very, very fortunate. I called uh, a lot of people who had been in Super Bowls. I called um, Andy Reid. I called Bill Cowher, Mike Holmgren, people that I knew. Tell me about the situation, those guys that won. What did you do well? What was important if you had things to do differently? And the biggest thing I got was the length of the week and the length of the day, trying to shrink that down. I went as late as I could go, uh, gave the players a lot of freedom on Monday and Tuesday early in the week, tried to get their minds off the week. And then that game day, uh, probably the biggest tip I got was from uh, Andy Reid, just saying how long the halftime is. We ended up having snacks for our guys, changing clothes, which was helpful because it rained in our game. But even if it didn't, understanding that that normal halftime is 12 minutes you can't get going on all your adjustments and then sit in there for 25 minutes uh, and wait to go we had a clock that kind of counted everything down for us we waited until that clock got to 12 minutes and then started our normal halftime routine so just some things like that about the the focus and and everything i would definitely talk to coaches who've been there in the last five years that's terrific insight um so, so tony who do you like in this game and why well, I like New England just because of the fact I think they're a little bit better defensively. I think both teams will move the ball and score points. But I think New England, they, they always have a knack uh, with this coaching staff of forcing field goals. I think you're going to see Atlanta move the ball, uh, get some of those explosive plays. But a, a red zone defense and forcing some field goals, I think will do it. I, I kind of see New England winning a high-scoring game. Tony, is it their tackling, Tony? Because I, you know, I've as you know, I've been around the team all year, and I watch them. And I just don't think they're that good on defense. When I think of you know the '85 Bears or you know the the Ravens, I don't think of these guys. But they tackle you when you fall down. Is that what makes them successful? They're a good fundamentally sound unit. You don't see people uh, running free in the secondary. You saw that Green Bay game, and and you saw a lot of receivers just running wide open. And in the Pittsburgh secondary, you saw guys running wide open. So you're not going to see that. They force you to make good throws all the time. They don't beat themselves. You aren't going to see the, the dumb penalties. You aren't going to see things where they just self-destruct. So uh, they do a good job of slowing people down. And, and probably the best thing they do is they mix things up and they make it tough for you to score inside the 7-8 yard line. And that's what they count on. They know their offense is high scoring. They know they're going to put points on the board. So they don't get concerned about giving up field goals. You know, in the Green Bay game, there's, I think, seven or eight seconds left in the half. And Green Bay's playing man coverage and blitzing, and Julio Jones catches the fade one-on-one coverage because they're trying to come up with a big play. Belichick doesn't worry about that. He'll let you kick field goals, and you have to be content to do that. You have to come up with some good scoring plays inside the 12-yard line, and that that's the key to, to defeating New England. But they play good, sound defense and they just don't make mistakes. Hey, Tony, uh, I, I want to ask you about this uh, class of 2017 for the Hall. Uh, you, of course, you played safety for the Steelers, and, and there are three safeties on this Hall of Fame ballot, one of whom you coach, and that's John Lynch. How do you view the candidacies of, of Lynch, Brian Dawkins, and Kenny Easley? You know, they're three very similar type players. They could do a lot of things. I'm 
pretty partial. And as a matter of fact, I'm mad at you guys because there hasn't been a safety elected in so long. And I think <laughs> safety is actually the hardest position to play on the defensive unit. And you look at all three of these guys. They can make line of scrimmage. They could make line of scrimmage tackles like linebackers for no gain. They could cover tight ends and even some wide receivers up the field. They played zone coverage where you had to have a lot of range. They were smart, tough guys. Um, I'll tell you a story about Kenny Easley. Uh, we coached the AFC in the Pro Bowl in 1984. Kenny Easley's playing. He uh, makes a tackle in the first quarter. The doctor comes to me and says he's got a separated shoulder. They examine him on the sideline, and he starts putting his pads back on. And I said, Kenny, what are you doing? He said, well, I can't let Deron Cherry and Van McElroy play the whole game. I have to go back out there. Played three quarters in the Pro Bowl with a separated shoulder. Now we have guys that don't even, won't even go to the game. <laughs> right. That's wow. the kind of guy Kenny Easley was, tremendous player. John Lynch uh, did so much in that Buccaneers defense. And, I, you know, John, more than statistics, the, the, what he brought to the team, the things that he did, the, the – game-changing hits, the game-changing interception, uh, just being in the right place at the right time, very, very difficult. But safety has been undervalued. My roommate from the Steelers, I'll get on my soapbox again, Donnie Shell, 70 takeaways, five Pro Bowls, four Super Bowl rings. I, I, I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. It, it baffles me. You know what, Tony, we could ask you into that roommate presentation because uh, we believe he should be in as well. Um, we got to run, unfortunately, but always always great to talk to you thanks for the time and if you come on again tony we're hiring you as one of our co-hosts okay is that a deal <laughs> well i always love to talk to you guys it's uh, such a great show and appreciate what you guys have done covering football all these years it's been a pleasure listening to you reading your stuff and uh, it's just been awesome thanks tony always thanks, a pleasure tony. thank appreciate you it. that was hall of fame coach tony dungeon gooseman he always makes sense doesn't he your friend, our friend, great guy. Anyway, it'll be good to see him next week. Next up, more from Paul Tagliabue in part two of our interview with a contributor candidate for this year's Hall of Fame class. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. 